Welcome to Opcast, Arms Around the Trinity Continuum. Our podcast does in-depth reviews of the books covering everything from first edition to the newest story path system edition of the materials published for the Trinity Continuum, including Aeon, Aberrant, Adventure, and more. My name is Scott. I am one of the hosts of this year podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at SimulacraRPGs and on Twitch and YouTube at SimulacraTV. And that is all for my actual play studio, Simulacra Studios, that does by the lion's share of Trinity Continuum games. And I'm Josh Heath. I can be found on the internet if you want to find me in various places. But today... Today, I just want to focus on being a member of the D20 Radio Network. If you're interested in hearing about all kinds of awesome podcasts that are out there that the D20 Radio Network supports, you can go to their website, d20radio.com. And today, we'd like to mention Me and Steve Talk RPGs. It is a podcast by Steve and Steve, who talk about pretty much everything RPG related. I've been on there to talk about Werewolf in the past, and hopefully... Um, in the past to when this episode comes out, I will have been on there to talk about army men. And if I didn't show up on there, that's still okay. But it's a great podcast, great folks that talk about lots of different RPG stuff. So if you want to check out me and Steve talk RPGs, it's a good place to go. Fantastic. Well, today we are talking once again about a first edition book. We have run out of story path edition books for the time being. For now. But soon, soon we'll have more. But today we are talking about the third and final installment of the Darkness Revealed trilogy of Trinity, or Aeon, adventures. Uh, this is our first sort of delving into the meta plot that they gave us. It's a trio of adventures. We've talked about the first two. And this one is the grand finale of that series, which leads right into the duology of the Alien Encounters series of adventures. Josh, what do you think about this particular installment, Ascent into Light? This book is clearly the backbone for things they thought, hey, we should front load these concepts in this new story path edition of this game we're creating. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, it makes me look at this and go, this is a redundant book. <laughs> but it's got some interesting wrinkles to it. If you were curious about bringing those into your story, I feel like we'll talk about that as oh, yeah. we go. I actually think, because as always, our focus on first edition material is how do I use this in my story pass edition? Uh, you know, it has to be noted that the events in this book, even on the adjusted timeline, happen before the official start of the game in story path edition. This yep. is, you know, not to say old news, but recent news. But if you were wanting to turn the clock back a little bit and play through these events, uh, I think this in particular, because it deals less with the Hung Mar conspiracy than any of them, it's right. kind of a background thing in this. Mm -hmm. This is a more solid background backbone on which to build a story path adventure set in the past, the recent past of the setting. If you wanted to play through these events, there's some work that you have to do, but not not an inordinate amount. the The bones are there if you wanted to play this these series of events or flash back to them. I, you... yeah, I feel like that's true of the first adventure in here yes. more than the second one because there are actually two adventures in this book. Yes. You know, I thought about that. And on the surface, you're absolutely right, but I thought of a fix for okay. the second half. I would love to hear that because I read it and was like, wow, no. So I would be curious how to fix that particular adventure and make it relevant to the Story Path Edition meta. Well, when we get to that half of it, we'll talk okay. about that. Cool. 
Um, so the first adventure, which has a title that I'm that I have forgotten, it and does I'm going to look up Heaven Through the Iron Bar, Heaven Through Iron Gates. Yeah, these have some really baroque titles. Yes. <laughs> I uh, feel like someone was like, let's translate some words into Chinese and then translate them back into English, and then we've got the names of our adventure. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the bones of this adventure, like the meat of it, is, I think, perfectly translatable in terms of a story path game, given yep. that it's it's taking in the past since you know the start of start date of the game. I think you can even you can even you know, scrape off some 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 more of it and run it in current timeline. It's just another chromatic, you know, invasion or a chromatic outpost that you have to raid. Because uh, that's what the bulk of this is. You are sent to Karoo as a player group to capture live chromatics for the purpose of gathering intelligence about their species and about, you know, the recent attack on Earth that happened in the last series of this. Yeah, um, there are uh, the 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 stuff on the side that you really have to cut off is the the hung mark conspiracy, right? Which you know I, I actually gave it some thought, and given that we have so much information on the story path version of hung mar, you could you know merge those two in these adventures. Essentially, say it's not about psi order corruption, but you could you could play through a lot of the same stuff with the new version of Hung Mar and it have similar effects on, you know, public image and, you know, what people think about scions. It's just not the orders themselves. It's, you know, scion oh look, scions can go bad and they can go really bad. And you can play along those same same ideas and the same sort of backlash just in a slightly different way. I think that's possible. I struggle with it due to the themes of the story path edition, mm -hmm. which are trying to be a little bit more hopeful, right? Actually leaning into that hope yeah. in the Trinity Aeon, you know, tagline, but yes, you know, I mean, I mean it happens. I mean, the Hung Mar in story path is pretty bad. Oh yeah. Super like, bad stuff. It's mm -hmm. bad in and of itself. It's just not bad in the way that it, it spreads into the Psy orders as a whole. Right, right. Um, and, you know, given given some, you know, nefarious, you know, the FSA or Nippon or un other anti-Scion Scion forces or, you know, even maybe subtle manipulation of aberrant cults, a fury could be whipped up that, you know, puts some stink on places that it doesn't really belong. Absolutely. I, I think that's a totally valid way to run this story if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I, I think... It's probably the way to do it. The one setup that I find a little ham-fisted at the beginning, though, and I really struggle to figure out, okay, would I want to balance this is this idea that you're the scions that have revealed this Hung Mar conspiracy, right? But then you're sent off to deal with this Karoo thing. And I can see that happening if the Aeon Society is like, we want to get you out of the limelight, but you're also subpoenaed by the UN at the beginning right. of this. And so you're running away from the UN effectively. And I just wouldn't use any of that, right? Like I would not have that be an element potentially. Well, since you bring it up, I think this might actually be a good place since it does have some 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 impact on this story about my fix for this. Sure. So we you are dealing with higher ups in the Aeon Trinity in this adventure. You eventually meet up with the head of Proteus, um, and you know, but other people in the Aeon Trinity are working your case and you know pushing you in this direction. My fix for the really out of character aspects for the story path edition is we have in this story a scion who has been corrupted by the Doyen, who has been yep. possessed by the Doyen, yep. uh, specifically the faction that is working with the Chromatics to wipe humanity out. Yep. My fix is that someone in the orbit of the people making decisions regarding your team and Aeon, in the Aeon Trinity is possessed or corrupted by the 
other faction of Doyen that he ah, ah so, the ones that are kind of like let's manipulate humanity mm. to kind of control them and steer them but not kill them all exactly and they're mm. playing their cards in a maybe we can use this anti-scion sentiment to keep our tools from getting too united and and turning on us so they're playing their own game and you have this other Do Doyen playing this game so we so that way you can have the Aeon Trinity acting out of character, and you can additionally showcase the factionalism of the Doyen. I like that, right? I like that. I think that's a decent way to thread some of the needles of this. Mm -hmm. So this is the book that actually reveals the Doyen, right? Yeah, like, uh, they, they were they were teased in the mm -hmm. last one. Right. Uh, you had a Alex Cassell recognize a bit of Doyen tech and reveal a little bit about them because it was such a shock to him. And right. It, it dropped his guard enough that he actually talked to the PCs about it. But this is where we get like the like the biggest pull of the mask and seeing what they actually are. Yeah. And I think that's huge, right? Like it's it's interesting in the Story Path edition that uh, while we, we haven't always explicitly talked about all the Doyen stuff. We mm -hmm. they're pretty obviously in there. They're right in the core oh, book. Yeah. They're easy to find. They're even not in the necessarily all in the story guide secrets area, right? Mm -hmm. So it it is a very interesting difference of this edition, of this first edition, where it was like, oh, here's the sudden reveal of this conspiracy, and I, in some ways, I like that more. Right. Mm -hmm. Like having them a little bit be less present in material makes mm -hmm. it a little bit more shocking, interesting, etc. But also it's harder as a story guide to seed stuff if you don't have an idea of something like this coming. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even, you know, going back and reading this, I can see how they parceled out the information available here, given yep. that this was our first trickle of what the Doyen are and what they're up to. Yep. Um, and like, you know, I have more knowledge of what the Doyen are up to and what they are than this book gives out. And so I'm like, I'm kind of doing like retroactive puzzle piecing together. I mean, like, oh, if I had just read this, like I would know enough, but I wouldn't know the whole picture. Right, right. And it, that's uh, always an interesting space as a story guide because you're like, how much do I need to make it up on my own? Yeah. Because as we both know, sometimes you're like Dracula's behind a thing mm -hmm. or, you know, some other random character who is capable of, you know, making copies of themselves, etc. Like are the background figures that exist throughout the different timelines. So it's it's just interesting to kind of be like, what do I what do I need to mm -hmm. launch into my own conspiracy theory? And then what do I need handed to me as a story guide? It, I just, I feel like this book is an interesting place when you're looking at it yeah. from the knowledge of the story yes. path edition. It just does different things for you from that perspective. Yeah. It, it does. And like I said, I think that that fix of adding the additional Doyen faction yep. Yep. means that you can use more of this book. Yep. And, you know, it, with that assumption and sort of with the assumption and then also with the assumption of first edition storyline that the path um they both work then like they both work it works in terms of a first edition adventure and if you add that extra thing it works as a second a story path edition adventure yeah and then you have the added moment of you know okay why was aeon acting so out of character it leads room for you know, because you don't necessarily have to reveal the Doyen manipulator amongst the Aeon Trinity. Right. Because, but you can leave that breadcrumb. Right. Of, you know, okay, now that we're out of this hectic, crazy situation, when all of these unexpected things happened, we can look back and say, Aeon was acting very strangely. And why was that the case? And now we know about this Doyen thing you can prime your PCs of, well, who's to say that's the only one. Right. For sure. Which um, is cool. That's cool. That's a cool, like breadcrummy deep, deeper plot into the, the metaverse of it. Right. Where you're yeah. like, okay, now I've, now we've got to dig. Now we've got to interview people, do some mental scanning, whatever it is we're going to do 
to figure out if there's a, you know, a pl plasmic jellyfish inside of your head, right? <laughs> yeah. Another um, interesting thing that I want to point out is I think that there's a pretty big inconsistency even among first edition in this book. Yeah. In how Proteus is described. Mm -hmm. In this book, they say that Proteus is a secret organization. And I don't recall that being the thing. I don't either. I remember them being fairly like, yeah, open in the core book, right? Yeah, like, they, are, they, they exist. They, they exist as the operations arm of the Trinity. They do stuff that are out in the world. But this one presents them as, well, the Trinity is hope, sacrifice, and unity. Everyone knows about Neptune. Everyone knows about Triton. But Proteus is a secret thing. Like, eh. There, there was some continuity errors in that. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that over here and ignore the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it doesn't actually help. It, yeah, like you exactly. don't need that for this to make sense. The other thing in this first adventure that ties into the second adventure, though, that I think is really important, is the teleporters. Right, the yes. Upeo Amako. In this edition, they've disappeared, and we don't know why. We find out in this story that the Chromatics have captured. Mm -hmm. It says 50 of them a couple of times. It hints that all of them, quote unquote, right? It doesn't really give us a clear idea how many teleporters they've captured mm -hmm. uh, and or are working with. Like, it's very vague on that. But you also get the the captain or leader governor of the Karoo mining station mm -hmm. is a secret teleporter. She has been so for a decade and... Now she's helping and figuring out and kind of luring you into the plot of the second adventure. Yes. I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe in the Story Path edition, she is no longer a teleporter. Like she's just associated with the order, but she's not actually a teleporter. I could be wrong about that. I think I, my recollection is that she's still a teleporter. Okay. So I, we'll have to double check that. And listeners, you can fact check that yourselves. Yep, for uh, sure. Because I'm not going to dig into a book right now. Yep. Uh, not at least not the book that we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, that is a that is a thing that that's going on. And like I said, this exists in the past of the current timeline. Yeah. Uh, where the UPAO are still gone. Here's my big struggle, though. Like I like that. I would run that about discovering where the UPAO went, but you don't get much of that here like you don't actually get much of where do they go and why do they go there until the second adventure and i hate the reason they went like i hate all of that that is true that is very well i mean it's not too different from the story path in terms of why they left ostensibly except that it's way worse it is way edition. worse but mostly because of timing yes not yes. so much in for the reason why they left sure it is because you know, the Esperanza crash happened simultaneously in first edition. And, whereas... and yeah, and uh, uh, Atwan thinks it's a hoax, right? Mm -hmm. Thinks the Esperanza crash is a hoax because the other proxies are, and we're spoiling the second adventure, yeah, but she, like she thinks that, that they're hoaxing her to force her to be their slaves effectively. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to her credit, there were troops on the ground coming for her, her her headquarters. Sure, for sure. It's the holy fuck is not her actions. The holy fuck is I get it. Like mm -hmm. act, her acting in that way, I'm actually kind of sympathetic to. It's the I would why would the other unless the proc, other proxies are doyen controlled, I would not run that story like that. Like that just baffles me from what we well, know about I mean, them. I mean, we're 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 talking about things out of sequence. Here. We are, we are. Uh, but you know, the big the 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 what they don't talk about in this book is Eden. Yeah, right. That, at all. That, so on the surface, you're right. This seems crazy. I think when you get the context of Eden, then it becomes a more complete picture. Maybe I think that's an that that at least. Uh, contextualizes it but it doesn't contextualize per se the other proxies behaviors in the way sure. that i want yeah but that's because, okay right because i think i think you know what we're presented here is this idea that the other the other count the other proxies and the other orders are like okay we have to take control of them because we need them as you know servants that's right. what we're presented here right whereas the real reason that they take this thing is that 
they do not believe that they can trust the UPAO because they believe they've been corrupted by aberrants. Sure. That adds nuance to it. If I were to run it from a story mm-hmm. path edition and run this flashback like that, I could see yeah. doing it that way in a way that at least is a little less shitty for the other proxies. But I don't know. It yeah. really makes well, me look at Castle as a bad guy. I mean, it's not hard to see him as a bad guy in, in the first edition. <laughs> True. Uh, but I think we should we should definitely save the rest of this that that particular conversation sure. for Seller Frontiers, sure, uh, yep. where this topic gets fully discussed. Yep. Which here's the thing, I like in terms of a story having imperfect information fuels drama. Yeah. So like you this this sets up a scenario where you have your characters like, oh shit, maybe the orders are evil. Maybe they they are terrible, and then later on you hit them with the context. So I I can see like in terms of you know an ongoing story, which unlike Story Path Edition, First Edition was released as an ongoing story. Right, there was it has a, meta plot. It right, it has meta plot. Yeah, and you know whether you like that style of game line or not, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so they are going to piece out the information bit by bit as a matter of their their marketing and design strategy. For sure. So let's back up for a second for oh, yeah. me to do this, right? So the first adventure is about going out and capturing chromatics. You go to Karoo to do that, right? You do that. Yeah. You, you bring them back and they get researched and we kind of learn a little bit about the chromatics. Cool, cool, cool. Except I hate the idea of going out and kidnapping chromatics like... I get, I, it would be better if it was a go and fight the chromatics and you happen to capture one as a prisoner of war situation. Mm-hmm. That is much more comfortable for me. I don't like this idea of going out and capturing another intelligent species. It's it just squicks me, right? I as understand. like yeah, no, I, I I get that. I mean, I sort of think about the realities of interstellar war. Mm-hmm. Um, how how mutually incomprehensible alien species would be and when they just attacked the home world i could see the desperation of okay we have to understand these things yeah and so maybe we go out and we grab a couple and bring them back and do some research on them and and you know do the whole alien horrible i I think i think it is important uh, as if you want to continue to play a heroic character as part of heroic things that these creatures be taught treated humanely right and i don't believe there's any any discussion of torture or inhumane treatment of the captive chromatics here other than the fact that you're capturing them and interrogating them yeah it's right on an edge in the post 9-11 era josh view of it fair, right fair enough and <laughs> to be fair these books were all written pre 9-11 yeah for sure they were uh, we were not as concerned with what Enhanced interrogation yeah, yeah. looked like this is pre Abu Ghraib. This is yep. pre Guantanamo. Yep. Yeah. So not to say that that you know makes it better, but it's just to understand the context of the world in which these books were written. For sure. So uh, that basically covers the first adventure, though. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else you want to say about the first adventure before we go back to talking about the things of the, the second? That I just want to point out the in-play information at the point at the at the start of the of the adventure which you can there's parts of it that you can't reuse because it deals with the hung mark conspiracy but there's yep. plenty of parts that it can there's a specific part of the in play um information that I want to call out which is a a comment from what purports itself to be an aberrant making fun of people for mistaking scions and aberrants yeah. That I found hilarious. Yeah. Because the likelihood of it actually being an aberrant, in my opinion, is very, very low. Right. And, you know, this is uh, this is an Ian Watson level shit poster <laughs> in, in, in the 2120s. Ian, we see your influence in this book because of your time tra- traveling. Yeah, yeah, because of your time traveling influence. And we we would love to see this character again with you, with the full might of your power behind it. Yeah. So I found that hilarious. But yeah, so that is that is the first adventure, uh, which then once again leads into the second adventure. Well, well, we should talk about the end of the adventure, 
you capture the chromatics, you bring them back to Aeon, which is another thing we should mention in that we get a lot of detail about the interior layout of the cube, which yes. is the headquarters of the Aeon Society. There's yes. a lot of that in the in both of these adventures. There's descriptions of places with a level of detail that we don't get generally in story path games. Yeah. So they are very useful for reusing those locations in whatever you want to do. If you agree with the way they are described, yes. The way the cube slash Aeon offices are described does not gel well for me at all. Like I read that and was like, I... I would, how would buildings be built like that and people be comfortable living and moving around in them? The idea of like one part of the office being still in the 1920s era, like aesthetic, I, I'll i dig that. You know, yeah. Max is involved. He's like, I want it to look like my house, right? Yeah. But the rest of it, I was like, mm, no, there's no way I would have Aeon's offices look like the way they're describing them. I I didn't mind it. I thought that sort of like building up through the eras as you go up, I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, that's an aesthetic choice that can hit sure. you one way or the other. I don't mind it. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah. And I believe we get a lot more information about this in the player's guide. Uh, that describes Aeon in more detail, the first edition version of Aeon in more detail. Yeah, yeah, for sure, which is cool. But anyway, you get you, the adventure starts at the cube and you come back to it. And this is where sort of the incongruity between first and second story path edition really comes to the forefront because your Aeon representatives basically, you know, you, you get back, back this information, which the information that you got from the chromatics is, you know, that they have teleporters uh, and that they are a second invasion fleet, a much larger invasion fleet is imminent to return to Earth. And so this is the information that you are being like hustled back to Earth to convey. Right. Uh, and so upon delivering this information alongside of having an actual Upeo teleporter on your at your side, your Aeon representatives say, okay, thank you for this information we need you to stay quiet about it and we'll handle it where, you know, the invasion is, you know, within days and you're meant to react poorly to that. Certainly the NPCs that you're with react poorly to that, which includes a ministry teleporter, uh, sorry, telepath who has been acting a little strangely uh, since the, the tail end of your, your chromatic capturing adventure. Yep. I like that-ish, right? Like, yeah. there's ways to run that that would be interesting, right? That would fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an interesting way to end this, particularly with your wrinkle that you added where you're yeah. like, here's how I'd fix it, right? I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd go with that. But it ends with the assumption it's a, it's a cliffhanger where at least the NPCs that you're with uh, escape. Apparently, there was a teleportational dampener that one of the Aeon people brought in, this was the head of the Proteus division, brought in a teleportational dampener. And, you know, if nothing else, when she realizes that that's in effect, she freaks out and wants to leave. And the main assumption that the book makes is that your characters go with her, but they give you options for what if you stay loyal to Aeon. Right. So we move on to the second adventure, which, what is its Baroque title? Climbing to Tartarus. Yeah, so so purple. But yeah, so it starts off with the assumption that you are with Nagamba, which is the name of the teleporter that we've just not been naming, Susan Nagamba. And she teleports to her hometown in, in Ghana. And this is where we get paranoia town. Yep. This is where we get people are out to get you. You get, you know, this, they, they mention like, if you use digital currency to get a hotel members, Aeon will pick up on that and be there within an hour or so. But you're also getting hit by mysterious assassins who don't seem to be, they seem to be scions who are not necessarily affiliated with Aeon because they are acting in an un, in a exceptionally un Aeon like manner in which that they are trying to kill you. Whereas Aeon, they, they make a point of saying, 
Aeon wouldn't do this. Even right. in its, you know, its first edition state, Aeon would capture you. Right. They would never use lethal force unless entirely necessary to bring in people in your situation. Right. Uh, so yeah, so that's where we get sort of the 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 building tension of paranoia, the idea that maybe someone's a, someone is a traitor, like maybe someone is still working for Aeon and and went along with us, which you know that can build some interparty tension as well as with the NPCs that have. The real reason is that your uh, telepath friend has been taken over by a doyen and right. is calling out to its lackeys that it has psionically dominated. Right. Uh, but eventually we get into a place where this big UN meeting about Scion malfeasance is going on, and the conclusion is made that you need to sneak up to Luna, where the UN is in this edition. I believe it says, still is in StoryPath. It is still in StoryPath, yeah. yeah. So you have to sneak up to Luna into the UN headquarters and announce to the world this news you have about the Upeo and the incoming chromatic invasion. Yep. I'm fine with all that, right? Yeah, exactly. Give it if if you add the wrinkle or or find another reason or another another bookend to put on this. Perfectly valid, you know, given given the chain of events that you've been playing through. And see, that's the the meta thing though is the these chain of events and I I struggle to see all these chains of events connecting mm -hmm. in a way that I would be happy with a story, right? right? I I really like I'm like this is the outcome of this like it it doesn't feel anticlimactic it just feels too much it feels like there's too much stuff this right? def this definitely is aeon and it's most space opera like i will say that this is like big time space opera and they mentioned that in sort of the afterword of this of like oh we started off with this sort of intrigue investigatory story and we brought up to like universe shaking events mm -hmm. and so like and they said this was intentional we yep. wanted to show a range of what aeon could be or trinity could be in this these adventures so i get it but like i said adding in the, the wrinkle of the secondary doyen i don't think you have to do much narrative math you have to come up with some reason why i think you definitely have to come up with some reason why there's a huge un meeting going on yep. that you have to 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 break into and i i like the idea of the Hongmar conspiracy happening and then mm -hmm. the un being like whoa what's going yeah. on with this we should just keep an eye on what scions are doing it also to me would be a good place for the organ the scion the psi orders to actually dig in and be like let's help yeah let's help them cover this let's help dig out like what's going on and maybe the big reveal at the UN is the chromatics attacking, and then the Security Council finds out about the Doyen too. That would be an interesting thing to have happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would be another. That would be a very interesting play to make because that that upends the 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 table pretty significantly. Super huge, like enough for like those nations on the Security Council to go. Fuck, we can't go. We can't hammer down on scions here because this thing these you know these aliens that are you know influencing us that can hide within us that's way scarier than anything our people can do right like i can see ant like anti-scion nations also doubling down and saying mm -hmm. wait you didn't tell us about this you knew right. about this and you didn't tell us about this right this is where you come from right so you can have a lot of back and forth and 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 tension going on but then the 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 uh, adventure kind of ends. Its big climax is when Aeon. You know, you're supposed to reconcile with Aeon at this point, and this could be explained away. I was saying like the Doyen who is manipulating things felt that the situation is getting a little more hot, a little too hot, mm -hmm, and, and left right, and, and withdrew and let things mm -hmm. play as they normally would. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe so, maybe someone like falls sick, who you had been dealing with, and someone else steps in to uh, to to uh turn things around yeah that would work um, yeah but you are sent as basically the the un is decided okay these things are coming for us we are going to hold there's this is going to be no holds bar we're going to kill everything that comes in even though we know that they presumably have teleporters you know human teleporters on board the threat to the home world is too great yeah and aeon comes and works with your characters to say 
okay, we will do a super dangerous extraction mission to get as many of these captive teleporters out before you guys blow up the fleet. Uh, and that is the big action climax of yep. this is you and your fellows, some of your some of your 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 friendly NPCs sneaking on to a chromatic mothership and rescuing the lone the rescuing the, the teleporter who is very gruesomely described lashed into the the ship kind of in, in a parody of the way that the clairsentients pilot the jump ships yeah so i don't hate all this per se yeah i, I hate very little of it mm -hmm. but there's lots of it i would shift and adjust and change and one of those key things would be giving the players an opportunity to engage directly with a chromatic leader mm. with an attempt to communicate and potentially get them to stand down right yeah i would set that up where maybe the players don't maybe the players just shoot the the chromatic and they move on right but like the opportunity there for a parlay where a chromatic is a little confused about what's going on with the the glowing gods that they believe in right yeah. the the ascended light or whatever it is right and they they talk to the humans just long enough to be doubtful mm -hmm. and maybe they break maybe they slow the armada down Maybe well, and okay. something happens, right? Here, here's a thought. It's because of something we haven't haven't talked about. Is mm -hmm. that once you're on this ship, uh, the chromata, the chromat, the doyen who is controlling way the telepath that that you guys have uh, have been accompanying bugs out and basically yep. says it stops controlling way and starts manipulating the chromatics. So maybe a reason why the leader kind of like has some doubts is that all of a sudden one of the gods has shown up and it's puppeting all of my mo my my warriors and getting them slaughtered right like just like using them like they are nothing like literally like throwing their bodies at them and like using them in this really cold callous way and that might be a reason why a chromatic leader might take a step back and if the so pcs are clever enough have a chance for for a detente yeah so even like another like thing to add to that situation right like this happens and the chromatic is a little confused and thinking like maybe something's going on and then sees the players come across a wounded chromatic that they help yeah right they, the, they heal or they, they help heal or, or you, they do something right yeah, yeah. You see, well i mean it, it basically if your players are acting in a humane way mm -hmm. not you know kill every motherfucking toady because that's a slur that they that they introduce into here yeah uh, which you know okay it's a sci-fi thing you know the slurs for for enemy races is a thing but you know anyway yeah maybe don't do that i don't maybe know don't, like... you know yeah i you know i i i'm i'm of mixed minds of that that you know i love i love the the aliens movies and you know the whole bug hunt idea but the xenomorphs are not the chromatics. Like they're 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 right. two they're very two different things. This is a sentient race that can be communicated and dipl have diplomacy applied to it. Um, but yeah, so there's a big encounter with the doyen on the bridge of the ship. You know, it's sort of sparked off by the teleporter recognizing it, mm -hmm. uh, or at least recognizing a doyen and accusing it of saying you're the one that did this to us which is a really big dramatic moment and it participates what is supposed to be a pretty hard and dramatic battle. And another sidebar that happens in here is like they, they say, if you're going to play it like this, this adventure is a, is one in which characters could die. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even just say this, they could die. It's like, they're gonna die. Well, right. They, yeah, they're, they're they're saying like it's appropriate for them to die in this situation. They make mm -hmm. a note of you know random dice rolls should never take precedent over the needs of story. Yeah, uh, which is sort of a moderating statement on that. But they say like it is entirely appropriate for this to be a lethal adventure. Yep, I think that's true. Like it definitely could be. I I think it would be interesting if like 
two thirds of the group die right at the end or something like that. And the rest like do the thing, right? Whatever the thing is, if it's saving the teleporter, if it's communicating and then sell, saving the teleporter, you know, there's lots of wrinkles there that could happen. Yeah. Uh, and then suppose you are you you rescue the 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 teleporter. You find your way back onto a human ship, and the invasion is thwarted by the Psi orders and Aeon and the UN. And you know you have this vital, you have another teleporter who has a piece of the puzzle, and that all directly leads into the next series of adventures. Yep, which we will talk about. Oh, we most certainly will talk about. <laughs> I in some ways like those ones more than mm -hmm. these oh, descent certainly. in darkness so i i look forward to rereading them because it's been a little bit well they don't have nearly as much that you have to get rid of yeah they don't have like you know aeon acting shitty or the hung mark conspiracy it is all pretty very similar once again most of it takes place in the in the past of the current timeline yep but if you want to play that through those events, it's it's good to to play through them. Yeah, and it also reveals just an absolute mo like mother load of setting information and stuff about the Doyen and the Upeo yep. and yep. all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of dramatis personae in this. You get a lot of characters that you can reuse and like have role playing notes and background notes on it. There's, you know, there's starships and technology that you have to completely throw the mechanics out for, but interesting stuff for it. So I think, like I said, of the three, this is the one that is most portable. I agree with that because you've convinced me of that, right? Mm -hmm. At the beginning of this, I really looked at this and was like, I'm, I would never run these mm -hmm. two stories, right? I would run a version yes. of these two stories that includes a couple of those elements, but running them as is, I, I well, you can't. I mean, you can't and not be within the story path continuity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not. It's not the the two. This is an area where the two timelines are very divergent. Yeah, for sure. Oh, another thing that. This is something that happens in the in-play section of the second adventure and gets referenced in the in the in the out-of-play section is that as you're going through the in-play material, you're getting info drops from an anonymous source named Junior Mall. Yeah. In which you get kind of like the bombshell. You get the transcription of what was happening while the Esperanza was falling. So this uh, is what I was talking about before, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And this transcription is it it blows my mind in not a good way, right? Yeah. I read this and I'm like, it makes Atwan look bad, less bad than the other proxies, but still makes her look bad. It makes the other proxies look horrible mm -hmm. uh, because if they are attacking her while this thing is happening and not calling those forces off so that she can actually be talked into helping them, like it's just bad, 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 bad. And I could see it happening. I could see humans making stupid decision after stupid decision after stupid decision mm -hmm. that leads to a complete disaster, right? Like that's, right. you know, the world. So I'm there, but it just, it feels so conspiracy yeah. blah, that it's like too much. I think once you layer in the truth about why they were coming for the UPAO, yeah, about Eden and the and their concerns about their their connection to quote unquote aberrants. Yep. And if you want to pepper in a little bit more Doyen in a manipulation into that scenario, yep. it it flushes it out more. Once again, I mean, because this is but one of those areas that is completely divergent, and that the timing of the Upeo disappearance and the Esperanza crash. You would have to rework this information if you wanted to use this aspect of it. You'd yeah. have to basically re rework it completely. Yeah. But you're right. Presented as is, it's shocking and strange and, you know, doesn't seem right. But I think when you add the context in that we get later, then it makes more sense. It's still shocking. Yeah. And like, you know, I think and I think that's what it was meant to be. 
Yeah. It was meant to be. It is. It's meant to be edgelordy in mm-hmm. good ways and bad ways, right? Like it's supposed to be. Oh, so see, edgy, horrible conspiracy. But I'm like, I want to play the good guys, guys, yeah. right? And that's hard. Like it's hard to uh, when when the organizations you are part of are always bad for you to yeah. like. I'm a good guy working for these bad people. Yay! Yeah. Uh, well, I I I think that first edition Aeon was written from the perspective of. There are problems with every organization, but yep. you as PCs are the ones to confront and solve those problems and push humanity and these organizations to where they need to be. Sure. It's the white wolf version of you are the anarchs, right? Yes. Like you, yes, you, you're trying is. to tackle the bad power structures around mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. I'm with uh, it. But we move beyond that. And yeah. I, I agree. It's much better in Story Path Edition. But anyway, you get two of these info drops. I think the second one is a little more usable than the first one. And you get revealed that this is uh, Otha Hersog and one of his younger lieutenants helping the PCs, or rather, not so much helping the PCs, but like dripping out some truth through an avenue that won't get back to them. Yeah. And I do like I do like the fact that Otha's like, you handle this because you'll relate to the youth more. I understand my limitations. <laughs> I, I like the references to bang that happen yeah. in oh, this. Oh, I forgot like, about that. I forgot right? about that. I so, love that. It I actually like when I was reading that at first, I was like, how is this relevant? And then I was like, oh, I'm picking up that this is the way some of this stuff is filtering out, right? Yes. That's kind of cool. I will say, if you wanted, they they describe a bang group that like gets onto a starship <laughs> so that they can give a concert in the middle of the chromatic battle. Yes. If you want to do that, there's a book called Beyond Electric Dreams that talks all about youth culture and how to do bang that you can find on the Story Path Nexus for a very reasonable price. I recommend it. Uh, some good people I know worked yeah, on that. Absolutely, yeah. they did. <laughs> Recently updated with better rules, for more involved rules for Bang. But yeah, that was funny. The picture of the chromatic with a with a microphone in their hand. <laughs> yes. the, the article about yes. our chromatics going to become the new Bang divas. <laughs> that is like the old White Wolf like silliness. Yep. Yes. It's good though. Like it's so like good. stuff like that. I would I would love to refresh that with a five years in the future where a chromatic a couple of chromatics have integrated with humans mm-hmm. and one of them is a bang like oh, diva yeah. yeah like folk like <laughs> instead of instead of muzzian bang it's all about like photokinesis and yes like the light show of all light shows oh man i'd love it it would be great yeah well that's that's like that's future aeon that that's yep. like the babylon 5 era of aeon like you know 100 or 200 years in the future where yep. you know everyone's kind of starting to talk to one another and cultures are starting to 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 merge and and change as a result of contact and having a chromatic bang diva would be just the best <laughs> thing in the world yes <laughs> only the awesome. only thing better would be a listener bang diva <laughs> oh man like a a, a listener chromatic like oh, duo yeah. like a sunny and share would be well yeah that actually is something that I, that i've noticed is that in a- this aeon era there is very little contact. There's all. There's no contact between alien races. Right. We are at the center of everything. If there is to be communication between, like, say, the Chin and the listeners, it's going to start with us as an intermediary. Yeah, which is interesting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's humanocentric, but I no, it think is. it's interesting, right? Like, it's, it's a mean, fun way of having us be in the middle. Yeah. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, we're humans. This book is marketed to humans. Really? Uh, Yeah, I know. So it's like kind of like every single sci-fi story that it has humans ever. Yeah. uh, That, you know, we have a special place in the universe. But yes. So final thoughts on this book and the two adventures in it, Josh. I think it would be useful for story guides to read these books, read the adventure series. Have it in your back pocket. Think, feel, steal some things, steal some concepts. Maybe run some flashback stories using it. Whatever, that'd be cool. You know, I think it's worth it. Just eat some salt with it. Yeah, eat some salt with it. I think uh, 
I think there's some good notes on here if you want to run a storyline that reveals the Doyen. I yep. think there's a lot of things that you can draw upon from this to tell your own version of that story. And also the chromatics. Like, you know, it, there's a lot of good stuff for interacting with that branch of the Aeon story. For sure. Of course, we get much better information in Under Alien Skies yes. and uh, and Distant Worlds and the other book where the chromatics get some details because I think there are oh, three of them. Absolutely. I know there's the two for sure, but... Yeah, use the story path books to fill out that info and then come back to these and rebuild a story from it would be cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm always a proponent of you should have both sets of books when yep. dealing with the topic because yep. as great as the new books are, there's a level of detail in the old books that they just don't reach. Yeah, with the exception sure. of the chromatics, the chromatics actually get a lot of detail in the in the get under alien skies more in under alien skies yes. really than any of this first edition material I, I would say the the colony the colonies that what they're called the ones that you know you know who i'm talking the about the other aliens the coalition. coalition yeah they get about the same amount i feel like between editions I know, we, but... we actually do get more i think we only get one adventure of a two adventure book True, dedicated with the, to coalition. the coalition and that's yeah. all we we ever got the first edition. I'm just imagining more information on the coalition. No, we we so. got we got once again you using only one version of these books is a detriment to you. Yeah, for sure. You're going to get a completer picture um, that you know you might have to remove some things around to to make it make sense together. But it's a wealth of information. It's a wealth of detail that you can pull on to supplement you know whichever version of this is you're running which you should be running the story path edition because it's overall better yeah for sure uh but yeah so that's yeah this is the darkness revealed trilogy and the alien invade alien encounters is coming up very soon and this is sort of the biggest chunk of meta plot that we get in terms of a cohesive story so i think it's definitely worth your time and it's also probably even more definitely worth your time to keep your arms around the Trinity Continuum.